Welcome to the Lemper Report Live. On today's broadcast, the retail earthquake that Aldi initiated by acquiring Winn-Dixie, Hormel's spam saves the day, literally, indoor farming moves to firehouses, another TikTok star wants in on the food biz, the upside of the water enhancement business, Hillary Clinton speaks out on loneliness, and on the bullseye, you won't believe this move from Ego Waffles. I hope you'll check out foodnotphones.com and join us for National Food Not Phones Day on September 19th. Let's get started. So, Sally, no question, last week was a big week in food where Aldi surprised the entire industry uh, by announcing that they were going to take over Winn-Dixie and Harvey's from Southeastern Grocers. Um, it adds 400 stores to Aldi's already 2,000 stores, bringing their total up to 2,400 once everything is approved. That's going to happen in next year. Uh, but what's so interesting is the acquisition states, the geography is where Aldi has already been doing very well. Uh, they've gained market share there. They've converted shoppers. And now being able to convert Winn-Dixie shoppers who are typically value-oriented, just like Aldi is, um, is going to be a huge plus for them. But I think the major difference here is what we've seen is the southeast part of the nation really getting a lot more young people, Gen Z, millennials, moving down there. Uh, this past year alone, more than 6 million people have moved down there. Pop population is now over 77 million people. And I really think that this play is brilliant on Aldi's move. What do you think? Yes, the, the southeastern part of the United States um, accounts for more than 34% of the nation's population's increase, as you noted in your column last week, Phil. And, you know, those that population increase we're hearing is because of jobs being created and, and the low, lower cost of living and the warmer climate um, is probably attractive, attractive to people. So um, it will be very exciting to see what Aldi's presence, uh, more of their presence in the southeast does. We know Gen Z loves Aldi and um, there's a really large social media following um, in all kinds of different social media groups where people really enjoy sharing, you know, what the what the items are going to be each week at Aldi. And so um, it's, it's what has started out as a cult following has become something even larger, I believe. So it will be exciting to see what happens for this retailer. And probably the most important thing that I'm watching now is is the fact that, you know, uh, Publix really, you know, owns Florida. Um, now with Aldi taking over Winn-Dixie, I think that, and they are going to convert some stores to Aldi's. Nobody knows how many stores um, are going to stay as Winn-Dixie's and how many will convert to Aldi. But if the Aldi DNA, uh, which is focused on curation and private label quality and environmental concern, if they can somehow insert that DNA uh, through CRISPR technology, maybe, into the DNA of Winn-Dixie, um, I think that Publix is really going to be in for a major competitor that, that they've never seen. Um, the other question that I've got and what I'm watching, is this the first move, even though the Aldi has not said that it is, that as we're going to start to see 
you know, the Kroger Albertsons deal take place and we're going to see, you know, more store divestitures on their end, whether or not Aldi is going to use that same strategy to pick up conventional supermarkets and either run them as conventional supermarkets, as we'll see with Winn-Dixie, or convert those locations into Aldi's. What they're really buying with Winn-Dixie, besides a very loyal customer audience, are great locations. Winn-Dixie was one of the best you know, real estate groups that was out there um, back in the 60s and 70s and have great locations. So that's one of the things that they're buying as well. Um, you know, we've all seen the disaster that took place in Hawaii and our heart and souls, you know, go out to all those people that are there. Uh, but Hormel Foods has done something extraordinary. What's that about? Yes, Phil, as part of um, of the relief effort, uh, Hormel Foods, um, their spam brand, um, is sending more than 265,000 cans of their canned meat products. Um, they have also created a T-shirt that says Spam Brand Loves Maui. They're selling this T-shirt as part of raising money. And in all, you know, with their cash and their product donations, they're donating about a million dollars um, to help people out in Maui, which we know that they are going to need a lot of help to rebuild there. Yeah, we've seen other retailers or other distributors like Spartan Nash also sending aid there. Uh, but Hormel, you know, and, and uh, Hawaii is the capital of spam, uh, going back to World War II when it was fed to the soldiers. Um, and, you know, good for them for doing it. Um, I wish they'd do a little bit more. Now, all the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds from the T-shirt is going uh, to the Aloha United Way um, and the Maui Fire Relief Fund. I like that. But, you know, 265,000 cans of Spam is a lot, five trailer loads, just to give you some idea. But every year they sell about 7 million cans of Spam um, on Hawaii. So, Hormel, great, kudos, love it. And yeah, send a couple more trailer loads there. Um, I think they need it and, um, and they deserve it. So, vertical farming... Um, has now another outlet, and it's fire stations. This it started in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and the garden for first responders has had a vegetable garden at one Milwaukee fire department for about two years. Now they're expanding it, um, and what they're doing, which which I love, which is so interesting, uh, besides just growing the these lettuces and these herbs, they're giving it to um, underprivileged people who, frankly, don't normally get produce. Um, what they discovered, which I never really thought about, but it makes sense, is while there might not be good supermarkets in food deserts, there are firehouses. Um, and whether they're growing, you know, um, in the garden adjacent to the firehouse or indoors like this, I really think that this is a fabulous program that I hope expands. Yes, me too. It's been wonderful to see the trend of community gardens growing um, around the United States in all different kinds of ways. And this is just a really another really innovative way 
um, to incorporate a garden into a community that needs it. I also love the fact that they are engaging uh, teenagers in the area to come and help work yep. the garden and be a part of um, of keeping that up and also distributing the food. Um, so that that's a that's a great effort for the community and the young people and um, giving them new skills and um, obviously you know um, giving them something really positive to do as a, as a contributor to society. Absolutely, and uh, the Milwaukee Fire Chief Aaron Lipsky, um, I love what he says. He says that he has an obligation not only to keep people safe from fires, but to also keep them healthy. You know, we need more people like that. So, uh, Fire Chief Lipsky, congratulations. Keep the program going and your role model for us all. Uh, talking about role models, here's for me at least, um, you might disagree, Sally, but this is the antithesis of a role model. Uh, Charlie D'Amelio, who's a TikTok star, um, she and her sister um, and their family's TikTok account, more than 400 million followers. Charlie has the second most followed account on TikTok. Um, I took a look at some of her videos, and a lot of them are about beauty, looking good, dancing, I mean, just having a good old time. Uh, she's the a spokesperson for CeraVe um, Cosmetics or, or Skin Moisturizer. She's also a spokesperson for Dunkin' Donuts. I'm not exactly sure how that happened, but what their family just announced is they're going into the food business. Yet another uh, celebrity, whether it's on TikTok or elsewhere, wanting to be in on the food business. Um just remember what happened to Mr. Beast here, and it's called Be Happy Snacks. Now, they got a $5 million investment from a VC firm, um, and the CEO, who's their father, uh, Mark D'Amelio, um, has announced that they're going to do it. They got $5 million bucks, but they have no idea what the first product is going to be. Um, they, they say it's going to be a snack food of some kind. But who knows? And for me, it's a real disconnect. Um, I give them so much credit uh, for getting these 400 million followers. Good for them. The videos are, you know, they're cool. They're funny. They're fun. They're somewhat educational. But I don't get the connection with food. Do you? Well, I, first of all, I hope they know what product they're going to be putting out because they've said that it's coming in the fall. So that's that's really right around the corner. So I hope they have something on deck to release and I will be interested to see what they come out with. I think what we have here is, you know, one of the finest examples of uh, a personality, a social media personality really growing into an influencer career. And Charlie D'Amelio was one of the, the first viral personalities um, on TikTok with her dancing. So it's, it is it is very interesting to see what opportunities come to these social media personalities um, and what types of businesses they like to get into. TikTok is obvi obviously a very popular space for food and food trends and um, there are all kinds of wonderful personalities on TikTok that are making videos and showing us how to make things or shopping in stores and showing us how to shop. And and so it is a popular space for that. 
Um, so I'm I'm not surprised that they have decided to enter that arena. Not surprised. Let's see what happens. Um, great story in the Atlantic last week by Amanda Mull. Uh, drinking water is easy. Um, she talked about how we've moved away from carbonated, sugar-laden drinks um, to water, but really it's the water enhancers um, that are that are really changing the face of how people are drinking water. So they might have their own bottle of water that they fill up either tap water or bottled water from home. Um, they're carrying them around um, more. I see more water bottles than ever before instead of plastic water bottles that get thrown out and you know stay in landfills for the rest of our lives. Uh, but um, what she talks about is the fact that more people are using these water enhancers um, for one or two reasons, either, you know, low calorie flavor enhancers or um, sports drinks or vitamin uh, enhancers. So it seems that this water enhancer business is really growing um, tremendously. Um, also talking about TikTok, there's a subset of TikTok called Water Talk, and users mix and match the different powders and syrups into recipes inside giant insulated water bottles. Um, and, you know, there's tips on how to make tap water taste like birthday cake. Um, so this has hit TikTok as well. Uh, but she questions, um, and I would agree, do we really need our water to taste like Skittles or Jolly Rancher? Um, why can't water just taste like water? <laughs> Yes, this is a great article, and I can really relate to her talking about, you know, being when when she was younger, you know, not drinking plain tap water very often. And, you know, I kind of had the same experience. You know, I never had a water bottle growing up. And, you know, my kids go to school with a water bottle, a full water bottle every day. But we've, you know, we've been uh, we've been told now for several years that we need to drink more water, um, you know, for all kinds of health reasons. And um, it does seem, you know, one way to um, a, a really easy way to um, increase your your positive health efforts, you know, is to drink more water. Um, I also think it's a very good point that she's made in this article about the popularity of water bottles. Um, you know, the Yeti water bottle is almost like a status symbol in some ways. Yep. It's um, it's it's a it's a pricey water bottle. And um, and people like to have that, you know, to to show that they've got that Yeti water bottle. And there are some other ones that are really popular. So so it isn't surprising to me that water enhancers are popular because we are more and more not wanting to buy that plastic bottle of water. So um, you can just uh, drop that enhancer in your tap water and uh, you have something a little bit fancier drink. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing for me, though, is a lot of people aren't looking at the ingredients on those water enhancers. And for me, that's cause of alarm, whether it's um, an artificial sweetener that's in there or artificial colors or additives and so on, just because it tastes better or just because you're adding vitamins or some nutrients to your water as always read the label first uh today on food not phones hillary clinton's essay 
The Weaponization of Loneliness is a notable piece of work that challenges us with the statement to defend America against those who would exploit our social disconnection, we need to rebuild our communities. She begins, as you might expect, saying that the question that preoccupied her and many others over the most, most past eight years is how our democracy became so susceptible to would-be strongman and demagogue. Obviously, it's a lot about politics, but she cites the Surgeon General's advisory, the exact one that motivated us to start the Food Not Bones initiative and movement, and one that again reports that according to the Surgeon General, when people are disconnected from friends, family, and communities, their lifetime risk of heart disease, dementia, depression, and stroke skyrockets. Shockingly, prolonged loneliness is as bad or worse for our health as being obese or smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. Researchers also say that loneliness can generate anger, resentment, and even paranoia. It diminishes civic engagements and social cohesion and increases political polarization and animosity. Unless we address this crisis, Murthy Air Surgeon General warned, we will continue to splinter and divide until we can no longer stand as a community or a country. Sally, it seems like the Surgeon General advisory has motivated a lot of folks from us to Hillary Clinton. Obviously, her essay relates to politics. But what can we learn from what she has to say in this essay? Yes, I think there's a, a great deal to learn here. You know, what she's talking about, about being involved in your community, about civic engagement, um, about what is happening, reinforcing what the Surgeon General said and what is happening with our youth, that, um, you know, suicide rates are up, depression and anxiety is up, you know, in our young and our young communities. And this is very scary. Um, she's also talking about it here. How about you know, 70 percent? We've declined by 70 percent in our in-person interactions with friends. And um, that is that's a frightening number to hear. And I think we all should be a little bit on alert as far as our social media engagement, uh, the time, the amount of time we spend on our phones and really spread the word of making more of an effort to um, to gather around the table, to share meals together, to have um, conversations and to, you know, really look at each other and enjoy each other's company. Uh, that's why we are we are a lot. We've launched this Food Not Phones campaign. Um, that, so hopefully we can get more people on board to just try this out, to just sit that phone down when you're sitting at the table with your family and friends and see what kind of positive results you can get. So um, Clinton, when she was um, first lady, wrote a book, It Takes a Village, and in it, um, obviously it is well over a decade old, um, she says she envisioned uh, that a lot of these changes to, to raise uh, families healthily and successfully uh, would happen at home, such as families turning off screens and spending more time together. Um, so forget the politics. It's not about Clinton or not Clinton or Trump or not Trump, but it's a worthwhile read for this article. Uh, we'll post it on the Food Not Phones website. Uh, please check it out. Um, and I think we're going to hear from a lot more people about loneliness and what you can do in the food industry is support 
you know, our initiative, Food Not Phones, doesn't cost a thing. Just go where we're all committing to put down our phones during our mealtime starting September 19th. Join us along with the industry leaders, the FMI Foundation's Family Meals Movement, Acosta Group, Hy-Vee and the Association of Retail and Consumer Professionals. Every day we have more people reaching out to us who want to be our partners and we're bringing them all on. So this list is going to get a lot longer. Check it out at foodnotphones.com. Thanks, Sally. On today's Bullseye, the Kellogg Company teamed up with Sugarland's Distilling Company to create the Ego Brunch in a Jar Sippin' Cream. It's a liqueur that blends the flavors of toasted Eggo waffles, sweet maple syrup, rich butter with a hint of smoky bacon. Between the juggle of constantly changing schedules, household errands, family outings, or busy workdays, it can often feel impossible for parents to find moments that they can savor for themselves, said Joe Boprez, marketing director with Eggo. Ego Brunch in a Jar makes it easy for parents to kick back when they're not caring for their little ones. So, whether parents want to punch up a weekend brunch or just savor some of those classic brunch flavors, like obviously Ego waffles, during their downtime, this feel good Ego inspired liqueur is the perfect treat, he says. Well, Brunch in a Jar is designed to be enjoyed throughout the year, they say, but you must be 21 or older to purchase either one. Both Ego-inspired sipping creams are 20% alcohol by volume. Give you some idea, most wines are around 10 to 12%. Beers range from anywhere from 3 to 11%, depending on the craft beer. On Ego's website, they also suggest a recipe of one and a half ounces of the egg brunch, adding blood orange juice, coffee syrup, spiced chai, and another two ounces of rum. And that's just one of the numerous recipes that they offer, all of which includes adding more alcohol. Now, I've not tasted eggs brunch as is or in any of their recipes, and frankly, I don't intend to. The entire concept I find to be yet another brand promotion with little reason behind it. I have nothing against Eggo waffles. Of course, I can't remember the last time I ate one, but this isn't going to bring me back to the brand. In fact, for me, it's just a major turnoff. I can just see a Sunday morning breakfast where dad makes egg Eggo waffles with strawberries and cream for the kids and then sits down with their mom to have their Eggos in liquid form. Now, that's not bonding. Frankly, it's a cheap shot to sell more alcohol in the breakfast day part. I don't think Bloody Marys have anything to worry about, but I think that those people who buy Eggs Brunch may have a lot to worry about. The Eggo Brunch in a Jar is available at select retailers nationwide and online in select states, Uh, Check it out. Try it. Uh, Let me know what you think about it, and we will post your review right here. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to visit supermarketguru.com for the latest marketing analysis issues and trends. And don't forget to join us back here next Monday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern for more.